Nearly Men. Nearly Men. Nearly Men. Nearly Men. Nearly Men. Nearly Men. You're listening to Nearly Men, an England podcast. <laughs> did you get? Did you like what I was going for there? That is gold. I mean, are you, are you referencing something I should know the reference to? No. No, I was just trying to make it sound like, you know, like uh, Radio 1 always used to do it. Maybe it's a bit old, like old hat for them now. You know, they just record loads of people saying Radio 1. And so they mix it all over, over each other. So Radio 1, Radio 1, Radio And then at the end, someone would go, you're listening to Radio 1. Yeah, so, it definitely had an echo <laughs> of that for me. The other, the other intro I was going to go for was, um, oh, 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 no, nearly men. Sounds quite uh, like it might be a sexual act yeah. happening there. Should we start talking about England then? Um, How much uh, have you seen of the last two games? We've obviously played San Marino and Albania in World Cup qualifiers. Uh, yeah, saw both the games. Obviously, I'm not going to do a podcast without seeing the game. Uh, just, just to depend. Do you think you could have produced analysis on the outcome of those games had you not watched them? That would actually match what you're about to say now. Yes. Yeah. Didn't learn anything really from either of the games. Uh, the first game, San Marino, yeah, I mean, what can you learn from San Marino? Very difficult to... Uh, <clears throat> second game, I learned the, the two things that stood out for me. Uh, to be fair, I missed the goal, the second goal, because I had to go wipe my son's ass. Um, but there's two things that stood out. Kyle Walker is the, he's the only elite footballer I've ever seen who every now and then kicks the ball and chases it like not like pushes it past a man but he actually like kicks it 15 yards ahead backs himself that he's got enough pace to beat the defender and get onto it and it, <clears throat> i've seen him do it various times it never worked there was there was a ludicrous one he did in the first half yeah uh in the in the final third where nothing was really on but nevertheless that wasn't on either um i think even in his pomp that was a flawed strategy yeah, certainly now when he's basically lost all his pace, he just looks like an idiot. He was he was huffing a lot. Yeah, I'm a bit worried that he is losing. He still looks like he's got his pace, but he's I don't know if he can go a whole ninety minutes like that sort of that sort of shenanigans pushing pushing it fifteen meters ahead. I think uh, shortly after he did that, it, then England had recycled the ball and it came to him on the halfway line and he just sort of knocked it straight back to stones. Yeah, and Dixon was like. He's got to yeah. just, he's got to attack. He's got to just tap the space there. Oh yeah, I just ran about fifty yards to be fair. So he's probably huffing yeah. and puffing. <laughs> yeah. The other thing that stood out for me in the game was another thing. Sterling, who big fan of of Raz Sterling, um, he does. I've never seen a player do so many like air kicks as him. I'm not having a go because he's a great player, but for such a good player, he does quite often like take a swipe at the ball and completely miss it. You know, I, I, I find Sterling such a strange player to have a clear opinion on because his movement is clearly exceptional. Yeah. His ability to find space, he drags defenders out of position, creates space for others, ends up in goal-scoring positions a lot of the time, obviously gets a lot of goals for City that way as well. But there'll be certain, well, quite a, f- a few times when I watch him, just he doesn't seem technically particularly good. Yeah. And you obviously don't need to necessarily be to still be a really effective player at international level or you know world level, which he definitely is. But there are certainly definitely times where I think you know, he flatters to deceive. I did actually want to ask you a semi-serious question about the massive issue 
uh, this sort of England camp. Trent. Not the River Trent, mate. Trent Alex- Alexander-Arnold. What's his name? Liverpool. <laughs> Trent Alexander-Arnold. Plays for Liverpool. Right back. Some people say he's the best right back in the country. Some people say he's the best right back in the world. Not Gareth Southgate. No room for him in his, in his squad. What are you saying as a Liverpool fan? For me, this is likely to be a bit of a game play move. A bit of a bit right. of a bit about management. Ooh, Mourinho esque. Possibly. He knows TAA's qualities. He knows he wants him in the squad. He's gonna take him to the Euros. He thinks he might be getting a little bit complacent. And I don't think that's too bad. Oh nice. I think you could lay that argument. It's not one that I subscribe to. <laughs> right, okay, you had me there. I had you. It is a total disgrace. (laughs) (laughs) What he is doing, still at home, when we've got the likes of Kyle Walker pushing the ball past someone and trying to run around him from 15 yards out, I do not know. TAA has got a passing range second to none in the country. A delivery of the ball unmatched by many in his position. Maybe only Reese James. An engine, a left and right foot. You could say he needs to improve defensively, but I still think even with that, he should be in the squad. Well, there you go. There you said it. You could say he needs to improve defensively. He's a defender. Now, you know, if I was going to play the role of a kind of a, you know, an old hack pro from, you know, from some Arsenal team or something that I used to like, like lifting my arm, running around in training with my arm up while George Graham shouted at me, that kind of, that kind of vibe. I would say defending, first of all, is about defending. It's all very well being a, you know, having a great delivery, thinking you're David Beckham, uh, you know, getting lots of assists. You, first of all, you've got to be able to defend. And when we're playing against Spain or France or Germany or Belgium, when you've got Eden Hazard running at you, uh, you need to be able to be in the right place, first of all, not 50 yards up the pitch. Uh, and you need to be able to defend. And Trippier, playing for Atletico Madrid, uh, you know, probably one of the defense, best defenses co- defensive coaches around, Simeone, uh, is is ahead of him in, in defensive regard. And Trippier played really well for England last tournament, got a lot of, uh, I think he, Got a lot, created a lot of chances with his dead ball delivery, and then you just said that Reese James um, is the equal to Trent on his on his crossing. So, I mean, how many right backs do you want to put in the squad? If you've got Trippier there, who's a better defender, and you got Reese James, who's in better form and you know, and is being just effective at the moment going forward. Sorry, mate, Trent, you're a great player, but there's no room for you. Let me introduce you to a phrase you might not have heard of: attack is the best form of defence. Okay? You take the game Um, to the opposition. Trent has reimagined the way that the fullback role is interpreted in the game of football. He's taken it up beyond what the likes of Danny Alves were doing 10 years ago. And gone beyond that. His assist numbers are off the charts. His chances created numbers off the charts. Make the opposition worry about him. 
England play with three centre-backs. They've got enough security there. They've got two holding midfielders. There's plenty of defensive cover in that team. You need the likes of Trent to be bombing forward, running onto the ball, taking the game to the opposition. And no one in the country well, can do that better than him. Right. Interesting uh, comment from... I saw a clip of Jamie Redknapp talking about that. Because obviously Trent plays... He doesn't play wing-back. And you might assume that attacking fullbacks would like to be wing-backs. But he was... Redknapp was saying about talking about a conversation he had with Ashley Cole. Um, and Ashley Cole told him, no, no, I, don't, I hate playing wing-back because I like to come from deep. And I, I think maybe Trent might be the same. He's never... And he's never done it for England, really, has he? Uh, he's... You know, he's been given quite a few caps under Southgate. And he's, I mean, Southgate said he's never reproduced his Liverpool form for England. How long do you give him? Whose problem's that? I would say it's Gareth Southgate's issue. Well, and yeah, I'd say to Ashley Cole, just start a few, start your run a few yards further back, fella. It's the same role. Well, he can't because you know, the, the third centre back is in his way. The third centre-back's not in his way. The third centre-back is inside him. Just start a few a few yards. I, you know, I've played Sunday league level, so I think I'm fairly well qualified on this topic. You used to, used to play a bit of wing-back, didn't you? Wing-back or regular full-back. All the same to me. If I see the space, I'll attack it. See, I was I was a regular full-back. I much preferred regular full-back to, to wing-back. So yeah. you would just sit, sit in, tuck inside, not let anything past you. No, I'd bomb. I'd get up, mate. I'd get up and get crosses into the box. Well, yeah. sometimes. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I mean, I don't know. Uh, let's face it. Trent's a great player, but we've just discovered that you know we we know we know Gareth's defensively minded. It caught well, you know, cautiously minded. Uh, I I I think it's going to be tricky. I think it's going to be tricky for him to get back in now. A lot can happen in the lead-up to tournaments. As we've seen, historically, players get injured, players come out of form. I think there's still a few uh, few surprises, a few twists and turns in store before the Euro squad is announced. Stand up all your scouts for Michael and Wayne Mags for Scotty, Cockneys for Beckham and James Come together for you Together like you are Do you want to go through the, the team? Uh, against Albania and give them a quick a, a one-line reaction to each player you can say it, it can be a word it can be a, a a number if out of 10 if you want or it can just be a what, <laughs> some whatever numbers, some words we'll aggregate it at the end we'll do it alternate do it alternately see how it turns out Nick Pope poor poor distribution definitely number two not, I mean, I know we're not meant to be talking about about anything beyond this, right. but you can I mean, do. Jordan Pickford is an absolute calamity. He's a, he's a he's so error prone. It's unbelievable. But then he, he makes will, it he will up cost with... England. Mark my words. I'm not saying that I prefer Pickford. Um, I just think I think Pope. I think Pope had to do a lot to convince Southgate. You know, Pickford's done it. He had a really good um, World Cup. Uh, Southgate's really loyal to the players that do well for him. Um, at the moment, Pickford's number one. I think Pope had to do a lot to kind of get him into Gareth's thinking as number one. And I don't think 
you know, the one doubt he would have had about him would have been his distribution. And he didn't help that today. Yeah, I think that's probably fair enough. He made a couple of decent passes, but only after he'd made one one rick. He made one nice little sort of chip out onto Harry Kane's chest when he was like, he came right out of his goal. Yeah, yeah, under no pressure. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Walker. Kyle Walker. Squad player. Shouldn't be starting yeah. for me. Not even on the right side of defence. As a, as a three-man... Three man defence. Uh, I'm not I'm not convinced by him. I think he's regressing and I think he'll get caught out in the Euros. I'd like to see someone a Ben Godfrey perhaps in the mix. <laughs> Is that a joke? I've said it, I've gone on record to say it. <laughs> okay. Uh I think Walker will get caught out, but I think he's fast enough that he'll he'll his pace will get him out of it. He'll run back and challenge. He has. Doesn't. Of course he has. John Stones. Elegant. That, right. I was thinking just, elegant. Yeah, it's just great like back. His reputation precedes him now. Yeah. But in a good way. He's, he's so good to have him back. I thought he played really, really well at the World Cup. And I, I always knew he was going to come back into this team. I always knew he would. And he has, just at the right time. If you're asking me, have I ever um, tried to find out how... John Stones asks for his haircut so I can repeat the same to my hairdresser. The answer would be yes. Um, Harry Maguire. Bull in a china shop. <laughs> is that, yeah, is that just a general comment or like, yeah, because he hasn't done anything in the last two games to warrant that. It's just a general... Just a general comment. I mean, what yeah. can you say about him in these two games? Yeah, nothing. I like him though. Old Slabhead, you big fan? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm putting it out there, I think he's innocent. <laughs> I listened to I listened to the interview he did uh, afterwards on, I think it was on, on Five Live, or with the BBC anyway. And I could tell by his voice he wasn't lying. Uh, you said not, the same about Clinton though, didn't you? Back in the day. What, Hillary or Bill? I was thinking Bill then I thought why have I used such an archaic reference to illustrate that point because we're old mate Luke Shaw Luke Shaw um, uh, first choice first choice would be what I'd say yeah I mean I think there's not a lot to choose between him and Chilwell is there yeah they're basically the same player um, but you know, a real renaissance for for Luke Shaw. Um, still looks like the like he is arguably too overweight for a professional footballer. But so was you know Gaza, and he was all right, wasn't he? I think that's just a look. I think some players just look like that. Yeah, I can't. I mean, he can't be. He's on like the form of his life. He's not. He's not going to be carrying too many, too many pounds, is he? I mean, yeah, it's, it's just... not like he's not fit. Yeah, but yeah, he just looks very, uh, very stocky. Uh, yeah, Declan Rice. Uh, underrated. I think he's underrated for for England. Yeah, I think he gets a lot of. I think he's the uh, gets a bit of stick because he's the you know one of those holding midfielders that Southgate always likes to play, and so he kind of 
cops it a bit for the side lacking creativity. Uh, it's not his job. I think he do- does his job really well. And I thought he played really well in Albania um, today. Did a lot of interceptions. Unfortunately, alongside him was another holding midfielder, Calvin Phillips. So, uh, yeah, I think I think Rice. I think Rice is a definite starter in every England game. Yeah. He seems like a, like a good lad. I've always liked him in, in interviews. I think he speaks quite well. Got a good head on his yeah. shoulders. Um, and you know, he's talked about himself wanting to sort of emulate the likes of Vieira and players of that stature and you know similar kind of build to him, who were you know very leggy but could get up and down the field. Um, if you get obviously anywhere close to that, it'd be amazing. It, he's got a similar, yeah, he's got a similar kind of style, hasn't he, to Vieira? Similar kind of gait, I'd say. <laughs> sure. Calvin Phillips? Uh, I don't think he should be playing. I think he should be playing Phillips or Rice, but not both of them. Yeah. Um, Raheem Sterling? I've sort of, sort of had a bit of a... Uh, a rant on Sterling earlier. I wouldn't call it. Yeah. No, Sterling, effective. That's what I'd say about him. And he's always one of our best players. That since since the World Cup, he's consistently been like one of our best players whenever he's played. Always looks dangerous. Always creates something. Yeah. Love love Sterling. Harry Kane. Poor finishing. What can you say? Poor finishing. Well, he shouldn't have hit the bar with that. With that. Uh... Oh, come on. Do you think he's gone gone into the dressing room and thought anything other than I've got a score there? No, but that's that's what makes him such a great player. Uh, last one, Phil Foden. Phil Foden. Yeah. Mercurial. Mercurial. He's apt. Just. I mean, he's for me. The best football, probably the best footballer in England in terms of his innate ability, his touch, his vision, movement. He's just incredible to watch. Where would you play? Well, I mean, he's so versatile as well. You could you can play him anywhere within the front three or midfield three, probably. But you know, I want I want to see him in dangerous positions, in between the lines, creating havoc. Yeah, I'd love to see uh, see him behind the front three in like a four two one four two one three. But not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. Yeah, we got we got into some like quite serious England chat there. I wasn't I wasn't ready for that. I could see I could sort of see I could, my, my sense from looking at your face was that you weren't weren't quite prepared to go down that road, or it wasn't the road oh. you were hoping to go down. I'm just I'm just not sure that. Um, people coming to this podcast uh, will be wanting to hear our analysis that much because I'm not sure. I know that, you know, Brit- supposedly the British people are, had enough of experts, uh, but <laughs> do they really want us to take the, take the place of experts with our opinions? I don't know. I think they, uh, they would, they would, they would they'd feel comforted by the fact that two equally uninformed man on, men on the street are given the opportunity to actually voice their opinions for once. What For once, right? A couple of young white men are allowed to have their voices heard. About bloody time, eh? Exactly. 
Oh, <laughs> did you hear? <laughs> did you hear that sound, Sam? I did. Halftime whistle, isn't it? It is. As you know from the running order that you very carefully looked at, scrutinised um, heavily. Yeah, the halftime whistle denotes a time in the show where we stop talking, you know, stop talking so seriously about football, and you're free to talk about anything else you want in your in your life. Got anything? Well, um, <laughs> nothing. You've got nothing. I, very little is happening in my life uh, at the moment, sure. but that's not quite the case for you, as far as I'm aware, because you've recently got a new job. I have. Yeah. Was there anything noteworthy about that interview process or that application process? You'd say. No, the no, the noteworthy thing was, I'd I'd created what I thought was an incredible cover letter. So oh, I should gener- add like a generic cover letter for all, no, for like, all jobs. No, I went, I, I sort of generic, but I obviously like adapted it for each one. But, um, so I work as a copywriter, so like writing marketing bullshit, um, basically, but that means in a cover letter, you have to, you have to try and do it very well because, you know, it's obviously you're trying to show how good you are at writing, which is the job. Um, yeah, starting on it. So, so about six months ago, I created this very, ballsy in your face like knock them out of the park cover letter thinking like right it's time to you know all or nothing here um and i was so happy i was so happy with it i got really excited and i was like i can't wait Uh, this is going to be a complete game changer now every job i apply for i mean how can they not reply to this they're going to absolutely love it (laughs) like started applying for all these jobs convinced that i was going to get interviews with all of them uh didn't didn't get any uh, went very quiet on the old inbox front and uh, and then sort of, yeah. So recently I revisited it and kind of looked at it in the cold light of day and, and thought maybe my cover letter isn't as amazing as it as I thought it was. Um, so I changed it to a normal one and I got the job. I mean, very impressive to have that uh, humility in many ways to see the error of your ways, change things up and yeah. reap the rewards. What was the inspiration for the more bullish cover letter? It kind of, um, I'd say, you know, kind of Neil Strauss, the game, uh, you know, the idea of peacocking, you know, you got to go big or go home, you know, don't, you know, it's better, it's better to get noticed. It's better to write a cover letter that some people might think, oh, that guy's a bit of a dick, but at least they've noticed it. And then, you know, one of them are going to love it. One time they'll actually like it and they'll they'll pick you. Sure. Um, Were you thinking about your audience being different? You know, in Spain, for example, do you think they had a different sensibility that may be more attracted to that type of approach? Uh, <laughs> what, you think, like, the Spanish are more, like, emotional and, and flamboyant in their, in their job applications? Well, I reject you putting words in my mouth but yes <laughs> do you want me do you want me to read it to you i'd love that i'd like cause it, uh, i'm still not sure whether it's terrible or great so i'd like you to, i'd like you to be the, the judge of it so so it starts off hi and then the name of the company i tick all your boxes seriously <laughs> seriously all and then i put the number of box the number of things they asked for in the, in the offer seriously all 10 of them in fact I don't just tick them. 
I put a big red swoosh in them so hard that the metaphorical pen goes right through the metaphorical paper. That's my first parallel. I'm ap- I mean, I'm cringing already. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. Honestly, I thought I'd stumbled across. I was so happy with it. And then, to be fair, the next paragraph, I do kind of... I think the next paragraph like does kind of make the first one okay. Like, I don't know. So I go, if that sounds a bit arrogant, I should, have, I should add that life in general, I'm nothing special. There's loads of boxes that I very much fail to tick. I don't dress well. I'm awful at opening sauce sachets. I live in fear of having to parallel park. I could go on. My partner already has a long list if you need it. So the second paragraph... I kind of felt that was a nice little self-deprecating. Yeah, you softened you it. Know. Yeah, but maybe the da- maybe the damage is already done, right? It's already in the bin. Right. <laughs> they haven't even got to the second paragraph. Yeah. Right. Okay. Oh well, lucky, uh, lucky, I changed it then. Oh, sorry, I didn't know if there was any more there. Oh no! So, so it goes. I could go on. I listed all the things I'm bad at, and then it goes. Luckily, none of these are in the job description. So what do I offer? And then I just, you know, the things uh, I said before that I've already t- that I'm already ticking. <laughs> uh, and then yeah, I just then I go a bit more, a bit more um, standard on the rest of it. So it's but, more um, that hard hitting intro that you yeah. thought would just whack you, you know, make them sit up and take notice. They see the same thing over and over again, the same platitudes doled out, and this guy just, is something different. Yeah, it's like it's like. It's making an entry, isn't it? It's like you just walked into a club and, I don't know, it's just like a bottle of champagne and you're just spraying it everywhere and everyone's like, who's this guy? Some people are saying, oh, he's a bit of a dick. He's got champagne on my shirt. Other people are like, oh, my God, this guy's a baller. Um, but <laughs> How many companies did you send it to? Quite a few. Yeah, uh, probably, I don't know, eight or nine, I'd say. So enough to make yeah. a judgment call that it just wasn't working? And uh, Yeah. Eight or nine with no interviews, no response. Yeah. Not a well, great hit rate. Right? Not a great hit rate. Right? Um, so yeah, you know, uh, you know, a sign of a great manager. Bringing back to football, uh, when something's not working, don't be stubborn. Change it. Work out what's wrong, and uh, and change it. And that's what I did. I'm not saying I'm a great manager. I'm just saying, you know, something. You know, maybe Gareth could learn from that. I mean, during the week, I just drink mostly water and stuff like that. But I, I, you know, I enjoy a few beers at the weekend to unwind. So, um, so yeah, I don't know if you've been having a few technical, uh, technical issues your end, because uh, sent over a running order a few weeks ago. Uh, for some reason, all all your contributions to it haven't they haven't appeared in the doc. I don't know if if it's like a Google like global problem that they're having or or it's just isolated to maybe your IP address, but for some reason all your all your notes haven't haven't appeared in that. Really? Uh, That's, yeah. That is interesting. Um, yeah. For a couple of reasons. One being that I think when you emailed me to pitch this idea of a podcast, yeah. it appeared to have been sent at about 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> it was a moment of inspiration. There were words to the effect of, don't worry, <laughs> I'll do everything. You just need to turn up. <laughs> uh, no, true. Com- no commitment required. So it feels like you're reneging on that somewhat. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it wasn't, yeah, that was like the sell, but it wasn't supposed to be taken literally. Right. So I shouldn't, um, I shouldn't be trusting you in anything you're saying. Just just sort of 
No, you were you were expected to do like thirty minutes. You were expected to do thirty minutes of preparation. All up here, though, isn't it? Yeah, that's the problem. Because yeah, <laughs> you've uh, got no agenda. Well, you have got an agenda, but well, I have got an agenda, and I'm I'm in the document now, and I can see that I'm the only one looking at it. <laughs> well, as again, a, as I say, I'm looking <laughs> at your email. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, <laughs> well. Easily well, sold, a... easily sold, of course, because I can quickly pivot to that. Don't worry about it. Just, just keep, keep flowing. Listen, um, as part of the, uh, as part of the uh, agenda, I had item four. Let's get inside Gareth Southgate's head. Now, everyone's trying to double, double guess what Southgate's going to do. What teams he going to pick? What formation is he going to go for? Well, it seems pretty obvious he's going to go. 5-3-2 against the decent teams, maybe 4-3-3 against the really weak teams. Um, but who's he going to play? Do we do we know any more after the recent two games? Probably not. What do we do? Let's go to the source. Let's find out what he's written. I'm talking about Gareth Southgate, anything is possible. Be brave, be kind and follow your dreams. A book by Gareth. Uh, available on Amazon, uh, forward by Charles. Charles? Um, Charles. Just sign it. <laughs> no, who's, what Charles is powerful enough just to sign it, Charles? Well, I mean, I imagine the prince. The prince, mate. The, the prince of Wales. Uh, not very not very patriotic to the England team, is it? Get the prince of Wales to sign the book. Um, Was this released post- Becoming England manager. Uh, yeah, yeah. To be fair, like, uh, you know, it's it's obviously like a sort of. I think that I imagine the proceeds are going mainly to charity. Uh, it's one of those sort of could uh, do good books. You know, it's it's trying to make a positive impact. It's for kids trying to make them feel good about themselves. Uh, so I'm not going to rinse it too much. But I did actually find the passage that I got it on Amazon. Well, I got a free sample. Uh, yeah. So I read the bit about, he opens with a bit about when he was taking the penalty in Euro 96. Uh, fascinatingly, I mean, you know, they didn't know who was, there was no one down for penalties. Like it was all, it was a classic, like, who's up for it? Uh, so it comes to, obviously it comes to number six and, um, he's volunteered just because he's a nice guy. He basically says he, he just felt like he, he should take responsibility. It's not like he fancied it. It's not like he'd, you know, been allocated it by the manager and had trained for it. It was just like, I feel like I should, I'm obligated to do it. If anyone's going to let the, if anyone's going to let the country down, it should be me. Yeah, basically. And he, and he gets up to take it. Like he says he couldn't even feel his legs when he was walking up to the ball. Like, he, he's basically like me. Like, I'd be exactly the same if I had to take a penalty for England or even, like, even for my local team. Like, if it was a sudden death penalty, I would be, oh, my legs would be jelly. I, I think I'd probably, like, fall over the ball as I tried to kick it, just pure nerves. Um, and so, yeah, so he's, he's petrified. Uh, all he's thinking about is what could go wrong. And obviously he misses. Uh, and I think that shows the, a kind of pessimistic, kind of cautious mindset and shows that he's, that's why he's going to play 
as many holding midfielders that he can, whoever the opposition is. Although you'd think that someone might learn from that episode and realise that, that that kind of mindset isn't conducive to a successful outcome. Well, that yeah, to be fair, he, that's what he says in the book. That's his, po- that's his point. Yeah. But nonetheless, he's still playing three holding midfielders against San Marino. <laughs> I don't know if he was. I can't remember the line. No, no, but he was playing Phillips and Rice today against Albania, uh, which, yeah, I think was a little bit... To be fair, it wasn't like... It's not like he had loads of options, so a lot of injuries. Uh, would have been nice to see Bellingham play, but he's only 17. Um, so, yeah, so... Um, I'm not going to recommend it, um, Gareth's, Gareth's book, um, but I was quite intrigued by the, uh, you know, on Amazon, like it gives you those, uh, you enjoyed this, uh, or people who bought this also bought. Um, so they also bought Neil Ruddock, Autobiography, Freddie Flintoff, Piers Morgan, and Tim Peake, who I think is that astronaut, right? Yeah, he went, I think he went into space and played, uh, played like space oddity and everyone loved him for it right what a legend quite quite a motley crew quite right, a motley crew off. but they've apart from tim pete they've all gone for good puns in their book titles okay can you guess what neil ruddock's book might be called i mean off the top of my head i mean obviously we know him more commonly as razor yeah <laughs> To what extent is that in the title? Uh, Just like, am I on the yeah. right lines? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're on the right lines. It's called, uh, yeah, Neil Ruddock, My Closest Shaves. Sure, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah. Uh, um, Freddie Flintoff. Freddie Flintoff. Oh, I mean, he is obviously called Fred. Yeah. Um, there was a band called Right Said Fred. <laughs> That's it. He's gone for that. Right Said Fred. Right. Oh, is he spelt right? W R I T E. No. No. Thank. <laughs> that would have been ridiculous. No. He's just gone for Right Said Fred. Okay. Because uh, he's called Fred, and there was a band called Right Said, and he's sort of saying stuff. It kind of works, but it's kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a comma uh, after right? Is there what? Is there a comma after right? Is he saying right? <laughs> no, no comma. No. And then there's Piers Morgan. Guess what Piers Morgan is the Piers Morgan book is about. What does Piers Morgan love railing against? Well, snowflakes. Yeah. Is that the... <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, it's it's snowing out there. It's no, it's no joke. <laughs> no, it'd be good though. I know. Wake up! Why the world has gone nuts? By Piers Morgan. Okay, is that Instead a pun? Of woke? On woke, isn't it? Yeah. Which is ironic. Yeah, kind of doesn't work because the whole thing about woke is that you've wake, you have woken up. Woken up. You've woken up. Yeah. yeah. If anything, you call the... it woke up. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I don't know if, I don't know if Gareth, uh, Gareth will be pleased or disappointed to be in, uh, 
in such esteemed company as Razor Ruddock, Freddie Flintoff and Piers Morgan. Well, just look at his download figures and then you'll find he's pretty happy. I mean, during the week I just drink mostly water and stuff like that. But I, I, you know, I enjoy a few beers at the weekend to unwind. We're all looking forward to the Poland game on Wednesday. A genuinely intriguing game, that one, with Lewandowski playing and Poland with a lot of good quality players. So it'd be good to see where England are at, I think. Yeah, that's a, that's a, I mean, we're expected to win, but that's a, that's a proper game. But yeah, we can learn a lot about England in that game. Uh, we'll learn a lot about Southgate with his selection. Will he go for, you know, Rice and Phillips again in the midfield or Rice and Walprice, or will he go a bit more attacking? Um, I think this the today's line was as close to the first team his, his expected first team as we'll see yeah um, probably with Henderson coming in potentially yeah and then and then potentially Rashford uh, starting into, ahead of Foden perhaps sorry uh, yeah. yeah right uh, that's enough of that we've been talking way too much like as if we actually had any expert analysis which we clearly don't um anything you'd like to say to the to the listeners or listener i don't know how many of them there will be it's going to be quite an exclusive club i think uh stick with it like 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 the english fans you are don't expect too much and you'll never be disappointed nice very appropriate for a podcast titled nearly men so there you go uh Check us out on Twitter and SoundCloud. And uh, yeah, see you next time. Nearly, man, nearly, man, nearly, man, nearly. Man, nearly man. <laughs> <laughs>